0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fideus Club. This is episode 88 for May 2017, Alpha Male Handshakes. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Filius Club. This is episode 88. It's May 2017. The weather here in in rural Finland is absolutely wonderful and I'm really glad to be on the show because there's a lot to talk about. My name is Patrick Beja and uh, I'm joined today again by two of my favorite uh, American people in the whole world. (laughs) <laughs> namely brian and uh, tony who are kind enough to be uh carrying the mantle uh becoming the post children people for the entirety of the uh, american uh conservative people right thank you for for being for the here target. brian <laughs> thank you for being here brian how are you doing good how are you I'm excellent. Uh, It's uh, really early for you in Las Vegas, but you're soldering on and staying with us. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And uh, Tony, how are you good, sir?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Thank you for coming again. And I really want to... uh, like once again mention how thankful I am that you guys uh agreed to be on the show to sort of be the the uh representatives of the conservative uh uh side of the political spectrum in the US because you know I I I thought we really long and hard about how I wanted to do this show uh this episode specifically and I figured I already know what all of my uh liberal friends are going to say and think about everything that's been happening, particularly in in the US. And what I'm really interested in hearing about is what the other side of the aisle uh, thinks in a collected and reasonable, hopefully, manner. I'm sure I'll have a a couple of uh, uh, words about all of that as well. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for for being here and uh, for offering that perspective. No problem. Thank you. Um, and we also have a newcomer being uh, uh, very quiet in the background. Guy is joining us from uh, Brazil. How are you doing,
2: Guy? Hi, everyone. It's actually pretty early here, too. I just woke up, but everything's going to be fine.
0: Yeah, it it will. Maybe not, you know, the the, the world might be as we... Joked about in uh, before we started recording with Brian, the world might be looking like a weird movie, but uh, yeah. you know, for for the morning in in Brazil uh, from now until you have to go to work, I'm sure it's going to, going to be okay, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, I feel like we're in a big House of Cards episode.
0: It it does feel like that sometimes, you know. I follow a couple of, uh, uh, I don't even follow them. I I see House of Cards parody Twitter accounts um, and a lot of what they say is basically the reality stole all of our ideas and like we had writers <laughs> coming up with uh, things that were rejected that now look like uh, <laughs> like what's happening in the world and
2: yeah it was actually pretty funny uh, last week I think or the other uh, the actual House of Cards Twitter tweeted in Portuguese about what's what's going on with here, they said that it's it's getting complicated to to compete against us against our crazy politics in the show. What's so, happening in
0: Brazil? Yeah, we heard a yeah. little bit about that. But, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get back to that, of course. Um, so, but I think um, one of the things uh, what I would like to start with is uh, the aftermath of the French election because uh, we had a really long French special episode last um for the last show and i hope the listeners enjoyed the that episode it was really specific in topic and kind of long but i think it was yeah you enjoyed it
3: yeah i really did thank you
0: ah that's cool i'm you know i was really nervous because it feels when we talk (laughs) about something specific that's not my home country i'm like oh yeah that's interesting because i'm interested in it the home country thing is like are people gonna care but apparently people liked it so um but yeah so since then we've had the actual uh second round of the election and as most of you know i'm sure uh macron the center candidate uh won handily uh not um not not as decisively as uh, in 20, 2002 when uh, there was a uh, traditional candidate against the far right. But still, um, I can't remember if the um, debate had happened uh, when we recorded. I think it did. Yeah, actually, it did. And so the meltdown of uh, the far right candidate, Marine Le Pen, by everyone's analysis made made her lose about five points um, uh, in in the election so she she really wasn't uh being um coherent or efficient and apparently that didn't help her at all um so another way we're different from the US i suppose um the the what's been happening since then is kind of a weird um of course we're still we're in the honeymoon period with the new president but huh his so so everything he's doing is kind of like oh yeah he's doing this well and that well and you know here it's kind of weird because he has that one uh minister who's embroiled in some we're not certain whether it's shady or not uh employment of his a family member but apparently it's not that shady because they were actually working but we're not sure so there's a little bit of controversy there but by and large it seems like he's managing to uh stay uh, uh coherent and stay uh and, and build a majority out of that party that didn't exist a few years ago and he's we have uh the parliamentary elections happening in a few weeks now. And so that's what we usually call round three of the election. And, um, and, and that is going to con- confirm or not confirm his ability to govern. Because of course, if he doesn't have a majority in the parliament, he's not going to be able to get any laws passed. And I would n- not have thought that he would get a majority. He would have needed to compromise and to, Uh, make alliances as most people do it in most countries or not most people, but a lot of people work like that. A lot of uh, governments work like that in many countries, Uh, but it seems like he has a chance, a slim chance of actually getting a majority. He's getting a lot of, uh, um, uh, momentum thanks to the election. And a lot of people are seeing him as relatively, uh, you know, people are looking favorably on him at this point. Of course, it's only been a couple of weeks, uh, since the election. So we'll see what happens, uh, a few months in. But for the incredibly important parli- parliamentary election, uh, things are looking a little bit brighter than I might have thought, uh, for him, of course, uh, than I might have h- thought, uh, right after the election. He's building. Do you think people are looking for already.
3: change on that? Do you think there's enough wanting there on the change yeah. to to make that?
0: It, it's really, it's really uh, the, the left-wing party, the, the Parti Socialiste, is in disarray and has been since the election. The surprise is coming from the right-wing party, the Republicans, who is, of course, strong, but not looking as strong as they might have been before, uh, you know, uh, when he was elected. He's sort of, Macron is very skillfully calling uh, to the right side of the political spectrum enough, you know, center-right, that he's pulling in some of those right-wing representatives and electorate, of course. So he's being really crafty and and kind of clever in that way. And so we'll see what happens in in a few weeks. But um, so I'm curious how you guys uh, perceived the election, uh, you know, the French election, and how you heard about it. Maybe, Brian?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I, I was following it because, you know, you had your special on it. And of course I was always interested and I read the wall street journal too. And they were, you know, there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of press about it going on. Uh, people were just, I think it was the real thing was people were looking at uh, Marine Le Pen, Uh, they were seeing her, they were thinking maybe she might have a stronger show. And I, I'll be honest. I wasn't sure about that. I, I, I didn't think she'd. I don't think she'd be as that strong, better than what her dad did, but not. So y- you, didn't didn't
0: see, you didn't think there was a parallel between that, you know, especially since you're in the U.S., between that and the election of uh, Trump, you didn't see it like two similar things?
3: Not so much. Uh, I, I mean, like you say, uh, with France, France is always a little bit more left, even in, for Europe, you know, they're always a little bit, you know, there's a little bit more of left Wing strain there in uh, in France, so I would have been I would have been completely shocked if Le Pen would have won. I mean, it, it would it would have been out of the blue, kind of like with Trump.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that the reason why we thought it might happen was that it happened before, but it the fact that something unlikely happened a couple of times doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Um, Tony, what about you? Um, how did you, if at all, did your your uh, colleagues, friends, or media you watch uh, discuss this and the after, you know what's happening with the election when Macron won. Did you uh, uh, do you have a, a view on all of this at all?
1: Yeah, as far as colleagues and friends, it's really not wasn't really a topic of conversation. Um, I caught some pieces here and there. A lot of it, honestly, through you mm. uh, um, and. You know, the media that I consume, it wasn't a huge piece of that. I wasn't really surprised either. It seemed like the numbers were kind of bearing out the way it was going to be prior to the election. So, uh, seeing that that was the way things were going, at least that's what, you know, the people that are supposed to know were saying. Of course, again, like Brian kind of said, that's yeah. not what happened here, but it seemed to be going that way. So, it wasn't really surprising. Uh, mm. I, I I agree with Brian. I don't see it being an apples to apples comparison of what went on here. It, although I just don't know. I don't have that much um, familiarity with the French people and you know the the sentiment there. But it seemed that way.
4: Mm.
0: And I think one of the things that was uh, pretty. Strongly felt at least for the people who were happy about that result and remember, if you listen to the the previous show, there were people who were unhappy with the result on the right side uh, on the far right side and on the left with the mélenchon voters uh, because they were unhappy they didn 't they feel like everyone on the right of their their party is too much to the right, so they were also not super happy they feel like Macron is also a capitalist uh, pro big business kind of uh, uh, personality and that's not what the country needs. So except for those people who were unhappy, I think there was a lot of relief, not just for the country, but also uh, a sense that the the bad spell um, of super nationalistic uh, voting has been, maybe not broken, but at least given a, a, a stop, a made a pause. And sort of showing the importance that France being pro-Europe through its presidential election really gives a solid partnership between France and Germany to keep the construction of Europe and maybe fix the problems, you know, the issues that we've accumulated along the way. But making sure that we have a solid partnership to continue the strength of a common market, a common, uh, 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 well, union Really, uh, and and so that is that, that there's that feeling that that election, even though it's one election in France, is sort of altering, shaping the uh, the 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 world really, because it means Europe can stay strong, and if Europe can stay strong, it gives a partner to, for you know an equal partner for discussions with uh, Russia, with the U.S., with China, and it, it's. It's it shapes the world in a very significant way and and much more um, you know if it hadn't been uh, Macron hadn't been elected and Europe had been in question of course the entire dynamic uh, the geopolitical dynamic of the entire world would have changed so there's a, a, um, a domino effect there. Or lack of domino effect there that is incredibly important, uh, and i 'm curious again uh, Guy from brazil you 've had your own issues, so i 'm not sure you've had to yeah. uh, you, you'd had you had time to uh, <laughs> report on all of this in your media, but uh, i'm still asking the question
4: no
2: um actually, in the last couple of weeks the french election the French election was something that was on the media i it happened to, to pass by some TVs sometimes and, and they were talking about it, but it was not so deep. You know, they were not so um they're not going so 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 deep on the matter. Like what would happen if Macron won? What would happen if, if Le Pen won? They were just saying like oh, oh Macron has seventy percent of the votes and, and Marie Le Pen has has thirty or something like that. They never went too far to say um what each side Wanted to do what each side said. It was something really, really macro. You know, mm, they no. they didn't went into too many details about what was happening. But um, it was decided last week, right?
0: Uh, it was it two was weeks ago.
2: Last, two two weeks the, ago. So yeah, so a bit on the, Okay, so um, I guess there was one paper that did like a a, a more in depth news about it, but just that because um the time that we're having here in Brazil right now is not that um good for international <laughs> policy politics news so I guess we kind of we're actually kind of lost on what's happening outside of here
0: mm. well it's funny because uh, and we'll get to that uh, but it's funny because in in France of course with the election it seemed like for French people, it's a huge deal, and especially with yeah. the ramifications for for Europe and then for the world. But it might be one of those cases where, well, it's a huge deal for us because it's happening here. But really, the only country where a huge deal is a huge deal for everyone, at least in the uh, common conception of everyone, is the U.S. And That's... any other country, if something happens, it's like, oh, yeah, it's important to you guys, but we don't really care. Um, um, at least that's the you know the image but uh brian well i was just thinking um i
3: thought with the pop foreign policy writers i would follow a read and uh i thought philion uh, his collapse i think was kind of a big surprise and mac was it covered
0: surprised. in 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 the in the u.s the, the writers, media? I,
3: yeah in the wall street journal with uh brett stevens and um and the other writer i can't remember just a certain mm-hmm. second uh they were talking about that. That, that was uh, that was certainly something that was discussed of how uh, Fillon, you know, like I said, it was basically just a kind of a collapse. Right. I mean, he did okay, I guess, in the election, but he came in third. But, uh, you know, the fact that Macron, you know, kind of came out of, you know, the outside, you know, he was the dark horse came out, you know, came on the outside, you know, to get that, you know, never ran for office before and everything. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was a uh, very interesting, you know, it's,
0: it's, yeah, it's funny because it's really the, Macron was really, uh, many people will dispute that, but he was the outside candidate in the same way that Trump was in many ways, except he is reasonable and collected. You know, he's he's still a way for the electors to tell everyone else. Well, we've had enough of you. We had enough of you, and we want something new. Of course, he's not you know uh, a, an outsider of politics. He's done the traditional schools, and he's been in the government for two years, right. sure. But he's been in the government and all of this, but still. Um, all right, let's let's move on to something else. Um, the uh, Trump trip to Europe and to the Middle East before that. And, uh, I will have at some point at the end of the show a report by uh, Turkey who sent us a little, um, uh, pre-recorded segment about that trip. And, uh, you'll hear it at the end of the show. I did ask him more about that, uh, Ivanka Trump adulation that apparently happened over Twitter. It seemed like uh, some, uh, because he mentioned it, I didn't really hear about it, but he mentioned it. And it seemed like she was receiving like marriage proposals and love letters uh, by some, (laughs) but it was, it's very silly. And it was very um, a joke (laughs) of course, but uh, so he's reporting on how it went there. Um, Of course, you know, when he's talking about what the media reaction and everything um, was happening, uh, about the Trump trip keep in mind that Saudi Arabia is not a country where you can say anything you want so it's likely that the 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 opinions were a little bit uh, regulated let's say in that um, in the media in that context uh, but anyway we'll have that towards the end of the of the show i did want to mention that Charade that that silly uh media blast, media uh, uh blowout that we've had about uh Trump handshakes. And I'm sure, uh, I mean, I'm guessing you guys have seen the handshake with Macron, maybe you haven't, and I've seen it because it's Macron and it's France. But mm-hmm. Macron was holding his own uh on the Trump handshake and like actually shaking squeezing uh Trump's hand so hard that his knuckles were getting white and like there's this whole analysis of the Trump handshake now and and you know uh, there's also a uh, a gif uh of the of uh, uh Trump shoving aside the prime minister of Montenegro uh, of Montenegro um to get in front of the pictures which is so cringe-worthy and you know I understand this is just like Theater and it's it does it's not the thing that matters. But I have to say, and this is maybe the liberal in me coming out uh, again. And maybe you guys will tell me uh, it's not that important. But I really resent the fact that his you know Trump's alpha male really bully behavior is forcing us into having those considerations like he's shoving people around and he's shaking hands super hard to show that like he's a real man and it's like i i resent him for making the conversations about that and i resent that we're having those conversations even though at this you know at this point it is important like it, it is important that macron speaks his language and shakes his hand hard to show that he's an equal partner, or whatever, you know, analytic language we need to, to get into with that. So I'm curious if you guys see it in, 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 that way, in any way, or if it's just, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. I don't know. Anyone?
2: Um, yeah. I, think, I mean, it, go ahead, please. Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think uh, a handshake is, is just a handshake. I don't think that you have to to make it really strong to show, especially if you're the newly elected president of France. You don't have to make it extremely strong to show that you were an equal with them. Um, I think that uh, that Macron's going to show that along the way with the things he does being president. But uh, I've seen the GIF, and I didn't know that it was actually a, a thing.
0: Hmm. It was that definitely it was, a thing for us. It was discussed everywhere.
2: Oh my god, I, I had no idea, because to me it was just a, a funny gift. Okay. But uh, I think that, uh, that um, it's maybe some kind of reluctancy towards Donald Trump.
0: But... Oh, well, yeah, it's just that everyone knows. I think in, the, in his media, social media team, Macron's so, social media team was like, that hand, those handshakes are turning into memes. You have to make sure you don't look weak. You know, and also to show okay. I, I think i'm I wouldn't be surprised if that was the way it went, but yes. um um tony maybe i i'll I'll turn to you you're you're a can I call you a values voter and you you <laughs> um told us that you voted for for Trump for um you know the pro life stance, and that was really important to you. I, I don't know how it relates to the alpha male handshake thing, but I'm curious to know if it impacts <laughs> mm-hmm. you or your surroundings at all. Like if you have friends who are like, yeah, he's a strong leader and he needs to show strength and that's how you show strength. I don't know. But, um, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I actually don't get into a lot of politics in my daily life. So talking about my friends in person just doesn't happen too much. I get plenty okay. of that on Twitter. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, you're, you're right. I, I would consider myself a values voter and, I I agree with Guy, uh, but maybe from a slightly different angle. It's just a hand, it, handshake. Is just a handshake. Um, yes, it, it looks silly, and a lot of the things he does look silly. That's <laughs> there's no disputing that. Mm. Uh, but he's under such, in my opinion, heavier scrutiny than we've had in the past. That every single thing. That he does is you're, people are pouring through every photo, every handshake to make a GIF, every video to see him uh, shoving a guy aside. And I'm not I'm not disputing that that happened. Of course, I, I might what do you think of it, then? what actually ha- I mm. don't know what was mm. actually happening. I looked at it because honestly, I'm I'm biased. I admit that. But when I see someone uh, post a GIF that is making fun of Donald Trump, I look closely to see, okay, is what they're saying happened really happening? Um, I looked at the um, Melania smacking his hand away several times. Uh, you know, there's no context. It looks like that's what's happening. I don't know. Uh, there's no context. Mm-hmm. Again, with the um, the shoving aside of the, the other uh, leader, I, I don't have context. Um, I looked at it. The the other guy I believe was the um, Montenegro is that what we said he yes, where we said the, he was the from the prime
0: minister of Montenegro
1: yes Who, the by prime the way, Mont- uh,
0: Putin doesn't like at all just you know, okay. as a side <laughs> <laughs> now
1: see that there you go Patrick but um, I I watched that I saw the uh, surprise on his face when Trump touched his shoulder and then I saw a smile on his face when he saw it was Trump and, and that's what and. You know, he could be a complete professional, turning a an insult of being shoved aside into "I'm I'm a smooth politician, and now I'm going to smile at you, and everything's going to be good." Or it could going to smack
0: Him in the face, obviously. Uh, of, course smile, right? of
1: course not. Of course not. But at the same time, Trump's uh, you know people refer to him as a man's man. Men's men uh, smack each other on the shoulder to say hi. You know, and that happens. Did that happen? I don't know. But Mm. there's no context. And that's what I'm saying. I've had men who are my great friends hurt me by smacking me on the shoulder to say, hi, Tony. You know, it. it but
0: that's not smacking on the shoulder. He actually shoves him aside. And I will say, to be fair, the pictures we've seen with the Pope, like looking super grim and, and him in front, they look horrendous, I admit. But if you look into it a little bit more, you'll see other pictures where the Pope is smiling and you'll see pictures where the Pope does that same face with Obama next to him. So exactly. I, I understand what you're what you're saying, but st- he did shove the guy and, and his handshakes are weird alpha male, brutish handshakes. I mean, I, I understand are... that you need the context, but don't you feel like there's something that I mean, I'm, I, well, I want to say to, to look at it,
3: you have to look at it a little bit from the point of view. Yeah. I mean, Donald Trump does the alpha male stuff, but you also have to look at the point of view that he's a billionaire businessman. And I think that's how he has done business. I mean, I, I think if you look at Trump in a certain way, how he views things, how he does things from how he because that's how he's been doing things probably for many, many years.
0: That doesn't make uh, it cool, a, though. Or I'm not saying know.
3: it does, but I mean, he's, you know, he's dealt with other billionaires. That's, I you know I'm, and I've been around, you know, I've been around other guys, you know, in law enforcement, military, and, uh, you know, that's what people, you got to give a firm handshake. You know, hey. you can't, you can't give a limp handshake. Believe me that you get, you get, you get a look <laughs> if you <Okay>. did that <laughs> happens and you give someone else a look, you give you a limp wrist a handshake. You're going to be like, Oh, really? Uh, okay.
0: <laughs> so basically <laughs> you're saying, I mean,
3: in part it, it, yeah
0: yeah it's it's you two are saying well uh, well you three actually are saying it's just a handshake and it it shouldn't be considered for, maybe for me it's a handshake that's a symbol of his character and what he is and what he does but you know maybe i'm i'm reading into it a, a little bit more than other people do um let's move well, on Patrick, to, had to yeah you yeah, a question
1: sure. yeah yeah sure um just a cultural thing do you do professionals in, we'll say, Europe get trained on the proper handshake? And if so, how? Because I have been trained as a, as a professional in the United States to give a proper handshake. And as Brian was saying, you're trained to give a strong handshake as mm-hmm. as a professional in the United States. Um, like he said, limp wristed handshake, not good. You know? <laughs> uh, in fact, the picture that they showed of Trump with his fingers open in the handshake, I, I know you saw that one. That looked like a – I mean, of course, that's a an instant in time. Who knows what really happened? But that picture looks like a bad handshake on his part. Well, so I'm just curious about that. I,
0: I wouldn't say we're trained in in handshakes, but certainly there are guidelines like you don't want to – I mean, I, I think everyone I've ever spoken to has a profound disgust for the limp handshake. It's like it feels icky, and I completely understand that. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't say so far to say is that we're trained, um, but – The difference there is that his handshakes are extremely aggressive. So it's kind of the opposite, the other end of the spectrum. A limb handshake is icky, but an aggressive handshake is offensive, you know? And I think that's why it it feels, especially in the context of political relations that are uh, delicate, it feels like that kind of aggression is brutish and bullish. And that's what I dislike in the symbolism of it. So,
1: Sure. I understand that, and I don't want you to think that we spend hours, days, weeks learning how to shake hands, but it is brought up, and uh, it is brought up.
0: <laughs> All right, today is our daily trading for handshaking. Uh,
3: get in line with your partners. I definitely think it's a, it's a mine is bigger than yours kind of thing going
0: on. Of course, <laughs> of course, it absolutely is, but I mean, if I've ever seen some sign of compensating for something, geez, um, but... All right, it handshakes handshakes don't matter. Let me ask you guys about something else. Uh apparently the trip uh, is going pretty well over the media. It seems like it's even getting some of the uh, controversies a, a little bit overshadowed and he's looking presidential and he's actually not tweeting as much because he's not watching TV every night. <laughs> so that's helping uh and maybe he's going to uh, uh learn something from this. But there are a couple of things I want to talk about. Um, the dismissal of Comey, which was very surprising and very much discussed for all of us. And I know Brian, you weren't as uh, uh, outraged as maybe some others might have been. Um, and and I want to talk about the healthcare thing as well because that's something you know as as open and understanding as I can be on many many controversial topics. That one I don't get. Uh, but the the dismissal of Comey, first of all. Um, it's it seems to me pretty clear that it's you know at least suspicious and we all know why we think it's suspicious he's heading the uh, agency that's uh, uh uh investigating the links to russia from the campaign and the person who's at the center of that investigation is dismissing the head of the agency so it seems to me like it's at at the very least it should raise eyebrows from everyone on every side of the aisle. Uh, Brian, you were telling me uh, on Twitter that you weren't as, you know, uh, offended or, or your eyebrows weren't as raised, I guess, as mine. Oh, I
3: saw it coming. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see, <laughs> I didn't see Comey surviving as long as he did, to be honest. Um, I think, I think the, I think part of the timing on that was that, uh, was a part of the, uh, the Trump administration filling up slots in their administration because uh, it, it was like the firing came like two weeks after uh, the assistant uh, attorney general, Rubenstein, was uh, was appointed and took office. And that's I think that's when it seems like they there have been discussions about it or been considerations about it. And then when uh, Rubenstein came in, that it, it kind of got going. It's just that, that whole, so the whole think, debacle. I, I really think that what, what Comey didn't... You think it's just
0: timing? You think it has nothing to do with the investigation on Russia? The
3: investigation has been going on since June, July of last year. It's not like the, the investigation doesn't get shut down because the director is there or isn't there. It still goes on. It's of course still going it doesn't.
0: But, but you're telling me that the person you're investigating, firing the head of the agency, has no bearing on the investigation itself? It, it it doesn't you know, it doesn't affect it? It doesn't show a sign that it didn't there's...
3: affect it. I'm not saying it doesn't I'm sure it has some effect, but it doesn't stop the investigation. I mean no one is I haven't said anything saying that it, it had that it has affected the uh the investigation. And in fact before the firing, they were the FBI was saying they had enough money. You know, everything was seemed to be like they were looking into it. Uh I do I do think I think I I mean I'm I'm rather low I don't really care for special prosecutors or special counsels to be appointed. But I got to say, uh, Robert Mueller uh, getting appointed in that role for this, that was a good choice. I thought Robert Mueller was a good choice. I think, uh, you know, he's going to do his job and, uh, you know, and that's mm. what's going to happen. I think that was a good so, choice uh, mm. for a special counsel. But, I mean, first of all, Comey, though, I mean, what he did in October right before the election, that was just terrible you know and you can say it maybe it helped trump or whatever i just thought it was terrible i i was like i think everyone okay, we agrees. think we got something oh no we don't have anything nothing's here i'm like really i mean you know is that how you like you can't he can't run his office like that he can't be a director for, director yeah. of for, guys, for those who don't for those be, who
0: don't remember he was yeah. saying maybe we have something on on clinton and oh by the way so it brought right. back the whole email issue and like okay so so right with huma abedin's
3: a computer they found emails on her uh, husband Anthony Weiner's, uh, and he said, "Oh, we might have something." We made a big press conference, and then it comes back, "Oh, yeah, it was nothing." Like, but
0: okay, you really? think you know? Trump fired him because of that? I know that's the line in the conservative party,
3: that certainly plays a big part of it. I think it's just—I think a lot of it was uh, they. I mean, I'm honestly, I, I, I thought he had to go. I didn't think there was any point. I mean, he. he
0: and you don't think the, there is an appearance of impropriety oh, here? Certainly he, he doesn't, an it doesn't. An it doesn't bother. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you, ask you the question differently. Does it not okay. bother you at all? <laughs> Does it bother me at all that that yeah. Trump fired uh, Comey when he was investigating when his agency was investigating the Russia connections?
3: That is that his agency was like six months into an investigation.
0: I. It doesn't I'm really asking bother if it bothers me now. you at all, or not? You are saying. Not, not very much, no. Okay, um,
3: because like, I know how the system works. I know how invest. I, I mean, I have a you know I have a background in, in investigations. I know how that stuff works. I mean, bosses will you know can I know come and go, but the you know the work still continues. So
0: sure, but I mean, if he they can't came down, fire said, the entire. If they came age- down and
3: said to halt the investigation. If they if he told and Comey to halt the investigation and uh, and then he, Comey said no, and then he fired him for that, then that would be a big problem. But,
0: well, Comey is now saying that he's not sure what Trump told him amounts to, uh, 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 how do you call it, like in, in stopping justice? Ah, what's the word? Uh, obstruction. Obstruction of justice. Sure. He's saying, well, I'm not quite sure. So it seems there were some words exchanged, and, mm. okay, well, I, I guess we don't know, but the, you know what bothers me? is that ultimately there's there's always this defense of, of well we don't really know and sure we don't really know i understand this but for the fillon thing which you mentioned we didn't really know it's we had lots of suspicions and there was enough appearance of impropriety and some issues that we we decided you know what that's not okay and i'm not saying that i want every uh, conservative uh, person in the U S to get down in the street and call for Trump's head. What I would love to see is some people on the conservative side. And I know there are some, but who, who would go, you know what, that I agree that doesn't look good. And it's not okay that this is how ha- it happened. It doesn't have to be, it is obviously obstruction of justice and he should be, you know, but it seems yeah. that with all of those, oh, it
3: was, it was handled Badly. But oh, it's not I, I just, just that like, it was handled, handled so badly. badly. Well, you know, I thought... And, and the, I don't really and the care thing for with Sessions
0: time. having had contact with, with Russians and, uh, you know, all of those, at some point, it's not just this one thing. It's that there's... I understand it's just smoke and you don't know that there's a fire. But when there's starting to be so much smoke, you have to start wondering if there's a fire. At least ask the question. And, right. I mean... Tony, what, what? Where do you fall on this? Do you do you also go like, you know, are are you on Brian's uh, wavelength or does it not really bother you or does it does it start to to it, it, you know to to prickle you a little bit?
2: It
1: I'm sort of on Brian's wavelength, but again, coming from a slightly different perspective, um, I don't. I think it looks terrible. I, I completely admit that it looks terrible. Um, I what i believe and no one knows so i'm just going to say what i believe is probably Mm -hmm. happening is donald trump has spent years as a businessman and a businessman does what he wants in his business for the most part um if he doesn't like someone's performance he fires them and what i think has happened with comey is he donald trump believes he is innocent of the things that he's being accused of um i don't know if he is you don't know if he is but he believes he's innocent and in my mind this is what's happening and he says comey has told me multiple times that there's no evidence here that's what he had what donald trump has said and uh he says why doesn't he shut this down there's no evidence i didn't do it why isn't this being shut down i'm tired of this Get rid of him. He's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. That's what I think is probably happening.
0: And you don't Um, think that's a problem?
1: if, If I'm innocent and someone's job is to find out that I'm innocent, they've told me that they believe I'm innocent, but they will not. I believe that they're bowing to pressure to keep the investigation on. Why would I want them in a job that I don't think that they're doing properly?
0: Because I mean, that's the way government and democracies work.
1: But they've had their opportunity. They, I mean, there's no there's, evidence. The, well, the former CIA director just went on right? and said there's no evidence. Well, they're going to investigate for the rest of his term. I mean, that, I <laughs> you know, there's a special, there's the a special case, counsel. But... Oh, There's a special counsel now. Special counsels dig and dig and dig until they mm. find something. That's what they do. OK. Um, And that that that's just how that's how government works, at least ours. So, so and, will they find what they're looking for? I don't know. But will they find something that somebody can hang for? Yes, eventually. Whether so it's you Trump think, or somebody else. I
0: think it's, they're going to get Flynn for something. Mm. So if, if I understand what you're saying correctly, and that's super interesting, again, because I don't usually get that kind of feedback in my circles Your feeling now, and tell me if I'm reading this right, is, well, there's a special investigator now, so he's going to find something, but I'm not necessarily going to believe that it's as bad as, you know, liberal would say. If if anything less than Trump actually got money from Russia or support from Russia directly is probably going to be some kind of scapegoating, or is that where your head is? No, that's not
1: what I'm saying. I'm saying... I'm not saying whatever they find isn't going to be as bad as the left's going to make it out to be. I mean, Mm -hmm. that might be true. It's almost certainly going to be true. The left's going to blow it way higher than it's going to be. It'd be the same thing if the right was the ones on the hunt.
0: Absolutely. Um, And I, I I think we've seen it many times over the past few years, especially with Hillary's email, which I'm not saying are, you know, perfect and they weren't good, but I think we have an example of the right blowing it out of proportion and the sure. entire left saying that you're blowing it out of proportion. So I think it's fair that, you know, if the, the, right. Yeah. We understand each other. Okay. Sorry. Yes. Well, I think
3: a, a better example is uh, the Valerie plane affair with uh, when a special counsel was, uh, was appointed. And then uh, they found out within two to three days into the investigation of who uh, leaked her name. Uh, but then just kept on going, you know, <laughs> you know, Richard Armitage was the one that leaked the name. He was assistant secretary of state, but that didn't matter know, oh, all. We found it out two, three days up. Oh, keep on going. Mm-hmm. You know? So you feel. So,
0: so I guess both of you feel but, like there there might be a, a keep. And I want to get back to Tony because I interrupted you. I'm sorry. But you feel like there might be. We'll see how it goes, but they're never going to stop. And there's a it depends, I
3: think Robert Mueller being the special counsel is very I, I, I'm I'm.
0: I'm you more confident
3: with him than uh, mo- most anyone that mm-hmm. he'll he'll be you know a Fair. straight arrow about it, and that what he says will will be what happens. But uh, I mean, I think Flynn's going to get in trouble, and uh, I, but I do think the handling of it was just terrible. I, I mean, Laura mm-hmm. Ingram, who I don't really care for, is a conservative commentator. Uh, she said like, and I agreed with her on, in this point was that. Why didn't they just bring, you know, I mean, the way they fired Comey, he was in L.A. They didn't bring him to the White House. They didn't do face to face. You know, why don't you give him a face saving thing? Hey, we'll make you ambassador to Luxembourg or, uh, you know, or, or Bahamas. <laughs> I mean, I'm something like that. Give him something, you know, something
0: like yeah. that, you know, kind of kick well, him up. You know, I, but I wouldn't go that far, that little, but I like,
3: understand the way they did. It was just
0: horrible. Okay. It just looks terrible. Tony. um, Finish up Oh, yourself. yeah.
1: Sorry. On that note, I think they should have made him, like, put him in a transitional role, you know, kept him around for a certain amount of time, helped him let him uh, have a say in who his um, replacement was going to be, something like that. But what I was saying with the special investigator was the onus is on the special investigator to find something, not to find nothing. Right. Right. So of course. they're going to find something. And that's why I, I don't like the the idea of a special investigator and the one he was talking about was very real. You know, they, they found something quickly, but they kept going and okay. that's why I don't like it.
0: All right. Um, I want to get to the healthcare question, but of course I'm going to go to Guy as well to ask what, you know, issues of <laughs> obstruction of justice and corruption are, I'm sure resonate very much with, uh, uh, people in Brazil. Um, what about that Comey thing? Did you guys, uh, you know, discuss um, it?
2: I have to admit that I had no idea of that. Oh wow. It was really? not that yes, really. Um uh it was not that big here. We are uh, yes, I think that um I don't I don't watch much TV, but I <clears throat> I get the news on Twitter, Facebook and other Brazilian websites and that wasn't big that did not um hmm. Uh, resonates so much here down here Very interesting. No... in europe
0: I feel it was everyone was talking about it i, I
2: yes um, what's
0: different in
2: the two places the thing is uh american politics uh politics in general are not that um it's not something that Brazilian people talk a lot about especially international uh we 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 had the American election last year that was a big thing but that's it. It was not. Um, people don't don't actually say, okay, if this happens, then this 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 is going to happen to the world. If that happened, then then that's going to happen. We are really Brazilian focused on this last few years, actually, on what's happening here. So everything outside, it's 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 not that big a news to us. Hmm.
0: Interesting. I, I actually
2: had no idea. I I'm looking looking more into this right now, actually. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, that's, you know, it feels, it's funny because that Comey thing, maybe it's because the U.S. impacts uh, Europe and France a little bit more and we had the election, so it resonates, but I'm not sure. The Comey thing was definitely discussed. It was the middle of the uh, forming of the government here, so it was definitely not as huge as as the other stories, but it was discussed. Um, Yes, it was not discussed at all, at all. Okay. (laughs) um the the healthcare thing i didn't want to talk to you guys about because i went on a rant about a couple of days uh, a couple of episodes ago and saying that you know i can discuss and and understand many points of views many points of view about many things including you know abortion uh uh the the death penalty like even even uh global warming i can understand the discussion but There's one thing which I don't understand is that hatred that uh, America has for healthcare and socialized healthcare, or, you know, uh, uh, I know the word, the term socialized healthcare is kind of like Satan strangling kittens or something But to you guys. But um, the rest of the world, the rest of the Western world has a certain system that not only Works well to provide healthcare for many, for, for everyone. Really, the essential healthcare. Yes, you might argue, you know, glasses or dental work is not super well covered. But essential things, people don't die in the in the streets, right? And um, or don't get bankrupt because they get cancer. And the um, the 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 my point that I'm going to summarize from that rant a few episodes ago was. Arguing that you should let everyone decide whether or not they should get healthcare, if you take it to its logical conclusion, is that if someone... It doesn't work, because if someone doesn't get healthcare and gets cancer, the logical conclusion is they didn't get healthcare, so they're not going to get treatment. And so, literally, we're going to let them die. And I don't think that anyone, you know, is going to follow through that logic. But... or, Or they get... Bankrupt, or they have to, you know. And the thing is, I, I'll let you uh, explain to me how I'm wrong, Brian. But the the thing that is the most incredibly frustrating in all of this is that the system works everywhere, and the cost of healthcare per person is incredibly lower everywhere we have, uh, you know, communalized healthcare. Than in the U.S. It's about I think now nine thousand bucks a year per person on average um, in the U.S. And it's about the the closest country after that in in that list is like Luxembourg because they have like a, a huge aging population and it's seven thousand. And after that, most countries are around six thousand. Uh, per year, per person. So it makes the system you guys have makes it even more expensive. And I understand Trump wanted to repeal and replace and all of this. But the bill they've put forth in, in Congress, which, by the way, Senate is apparently not going to vote. Uh, and they have their own proposal that, that they're going to get back with. Earth. And it's looking like that's how it works. Yeah, but the, the one that they put forward is taking away so much and making it, you know, the pre-existing conditions and like all of this. So but in general about healthcare, from my point of view, I just don't understand how you could think healthcare shouldn't be treated like the military or the police or like it's we put everyone's resources together and we apply it to everyone. And it's a, it, it doesn't work if you let people choose or not choose you know, cho- choose to get it or not to get it. It just the system breaks down. So, Brian, that's not how it works. Explain to me how <laughs> how conservatives are not blood-sucking I have to vampires. Explain the whole system. <laughs> no, but explain to me how why you think it's okay to let some people not get healthcare and to choose whether or not they should, uh, oh, you know, get healthcare.
3: I think what a lot of I mean, you have to look at the way the system works. Um, you know, because it's like poor people and the elderly are usually covered like uh, the elderly are under uh, Medicare. Uh, the uh, poor people or you know, uh, low income people are uh, covered under Medicaid, which is administered through the States and they get money. The States give money and then the government, the federal government kicks on. I think that's part of the, the whole system too, is that we have 50 States and they each have their own systems. And the way insurance companies work, they have to, they have to have their own separate companies in each of the fifty states. You can't necessarily transport your insurance policy from one state to another state. You'll have to get a whole new insurance and go through the whole process again uh, to get insurance. Um, I think that's part of the part of the issues is a uh, and I, I'll be, to be honest, as a as a small business owner, I never I just don't get to understand why is why health insurance should be attached so much to your job or, or to the business you work for. Uh, you know, I always thought it should be, you know, up. you get your, you get a policy and you should be able to move it around to wherever you are in the United States. You know, it's it, okay. It, okay. It, that
0: I, I understand, you know, the administrative
3: issues, but I, mean, issues, you're, but you're, I think start, on a philosophical standpoint, that, I mean, like I said, you start chopping off those edges and it's like, so then whoever's left over, that's like this middle group that that's kind of like in that's left over. And they're the ones that have to get the insurance, um, and it's just the it's just the whole it's it's very difficult to force something like that on on people.
4: Why? You
0: know? Why we force people to pay for police? We force people to pay for the military. Why is it difficult to force people to? Why should we not force people to pay for health insurance?
3: It's just um, like I said. It because like I said, you have to administer it fifty different ways. In France, you have one way. You know, it, no, you, you don't. don't. You
0: make it. You make it, it one way for everyone. Why is it? You know, you don't have. <laughs> cause it,
3: I, it's the way the money goes. I'm just t- telling you. Like the, the fifty states, the federal system, the way it works. It, it's you have to do it. It's fifty different. You're dealing with fifty different systems. Well,
0: you have federal systems. You, know? you have things that work over. You know, I'm sure income taxes... In is health insurance. Is, you don't. No, not that no, that's why it needs to be reworked and and on on a philosophical stand- uh, you know from a philosophical standpoint, is it you know do you think we should force people as they do again in most civilized countries? I mean Canada is federal uh there are there are many places that it is complicated, but on the idea that people should be forced to pay for their health care reduces mm-hmm. costs overall, and I don't understand philosophically, Tony, maybe you can explain this to me, philosophically, <laughs> why, how do you justify saying, well, it's okay if some people don't pay, and then, you know, if they don't get healthcare, if they get cancer, well, too bad for them.
1: Well, first of all, um, philosophically, I, I actually struggle with this, because, you know, the, the kind person in me wants everyone to be healthy, Right and um but there there's downfalls of, of i do believe there are downfalls to the systems that everyone gets free healthcare um well it's not free you thing, have to
0: pay for it but yeah
1: sure sure well one thing you said the person that doesn't have a policy and then gets cancer we don't just let them die on the street that's a hyperbole that's thrown out there that doesn't happen they so what they happens get, they're treated
0: how do they pay for it?
1: <laughs> it it either they either don't they pay for it out of their pocket or the hospital takes a hit yeah,
4: so honestly. you mean or the so, state
1: pays for it through the medicaid yeah someone pays for it um but do they you have don't, to sell, sell your house your, let them die on the street
0: do you sell your house if you have a house to pay for it can the insurance companies come after your property
1: you don't have I don't to sell know your, the answer your house to do that. No. they don't do that Okay. Okay, Brian
3: knows the answer to that.
0: <laughs> All right. So, literally, <laughs> well,
3: like I said, you can get into so much debt. the The problem is the people that have problems are people that actually have something. Uh, maybe they don't have good coverage, um, you know, or whatever. That, that's when they. That's when you start running into the long. It, it's it's if you have a chronic okay, condition, guys. Okay, that's just when say- you run into the big bills
0: and. Mm. But if, so what you're saying, what you're telling me is, well, even if you don't, you didn't pay for your insurance, you're going to get treated. So why would anyone ever pay in that case? I don't understand how the system works.
1: Well, it's not optimal. First of all, someone like me who's responsible for themselves, I don't want to leave the hospital hanging. I don't want other people to have to pay for my stuff. I've had insurance since the moment I got a job, since the moment I was eligible for it. And...
0: Well, um, I understand that you're a good person, but let's talk about the, <laughs> the person who isn't and who's thinking, you know, what's the, the downfall for someone if they decide not to pay for the treatment? Uh, not to, sorry, not to pay for uh, healthcare and then they do get uh, cancer.
1: Good question. I mean, I I know for a fact we don't just let people die. So that is a good question. I, I'm sure there are some expenses to them. There are going to be some out of pocket expenses, but if they just have no money. I don't know. Good question. But
0: Ryan, to go know?
1: back, oh sorry, I'm, okay, yeah, go go well, I was go ahead, Tony, go answer go. your question on the sure. philosophical level. Uh, I I do want everyone to be healthy. My issue is how it's different from police and military are you start talking about people's personal decisions that affect it, right? You start talking about the person who lives a horrible life that now the society at large has to pay for them to be healthy when they've made awful, stupid, ridiculous decisions to get to that point. Um. And your level. I'm not sure to understand what you're
0: what you're saying. Like so someone who
1: I'm saying uh, the meth addict. And we have a huge mm. <laughs> meth problem in my area. Of the com- all over the country, but in my area of the country, especially, uh, it's it's a big deal. Um, do I want them to die? No. Do I want my money? I mean, do I want to pay for them? Not really. But you know, so that's where my My struggle comes from you Mm. know i i want actually i want to be able to choose to pay for them right Mm. i I, and that's where charity comes in i believe charity is a real option you know there are charitable hospitals um and that's that's a that's a big deal but also the level of health health care declines under these socialized systems canada you mentioned uh why do Canadians come to the United States to get health care?
0: Oh, that is... Oh, my God. No, that is not what... Maybe some super rich Canadian will come to get, you know, the best possible health care. I'm sure that for someone who has a lot of money, I'm certain the U.S. can provide the best possible healthcare in the world. Yes. I'm, I'm fairly sure, <laughs> however, that most canadians are very happy with their own healthcare in their own country i can tell you that in france for example where we are very socialized in many things we get, get great healthcare and we get it at a you know a 50% less overall per person all of that than you guys do in the us with your system so for the good of society everyone would pay less if everyone was paying a little bit well, but you know what? Maybe maybe we can get back to it. I know that Guy has to leave fairly soon. Although Tony, maybe you hmm. do have to get leave fairly soon as well. <laughs> um, well,
1: it, I, you know, I have a little bit of leeway, but if okay. definitely if Guy has to leave, we need to get his
0: okay thoughts um, in, and and we'll get back to this in a second because yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't solve healthcare in 10 minutes, and that's a tragedy. I was certain we were going to do it. Um, but yeah, Guy, so uh, first of all, maybe tell us about how, how healthcare works in your country, and then tell us about that crazy uh, sure. presidential scandal you're having. Mm-hmm.
2: Sure. Um, healthcare here is a little complicated. You have pretty much two ways to have healthcare. The first one is through your job. Uh, so your, your employer is going to pay for your healthcare, or you pay it yourself. If you don't have any of the uh, of the two ones, so for instance, you don't have a job and you can't afford healthcare, uh, you can use the public system. But the public system doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Um, there are huge lines of people that are waiting two to three days to get uh, to get a, a visit with doctor. So people tend to 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 go away from the public services. And uh, healthcare here is actually divided, you, you guys were saying that it is divided by your job, uh, then each time you get a new job, you, you have to get a new healthcare, is, is that right?
3: Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, basically. In a lot of um,
2: cases, yeah. Here it is divided by your profession. So, if you are oh. uh yes, so if you're an engineer, if you're a doctor, if you're uh like me uh, I work with with marketing and publicity, you're going to go to certain groups, okay, so I'm in the 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 publicity group, and there I can have like these healths, I choose one, and I start paying for it, and it is mine forever until mm. the end of days. Or until I get really sick and and, and have to change to some other that, 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 that covers something bigger. Mm,
4: it
0: seems like, you know, what I get away from all of this is all of these systems look really complicated and non- unnecessary. Just do what we do yes. in France, have socialized healthcare for everyone to cover the basics. Yes, yes. sometimes there are going to be things that don't work. And you have an additional thing that you can choose to pay for or not or you know a little bit or more to get more healthcare for the less essential things just do that yes. you'll be fine um I, but okay i
2: let, completely agree with that
0: <laughs> thank you Guy. <laughs> um we might get back to it because i want to discuss this a little bit more but um yeah the presidential scandal what the hell is okay. happening in brazil
2: um first of all uh, so, so that you can understand what's happening right now you have to understand uh, a little bit more about Brazil, especially that we have two different kinds of police okay we have a police. federal police okay. yes and a civil police um the civil police is the 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 day-to-day police okay the ones that you see in the streets the ones that are gonna get like a bank robber or something and the federal police is the it's it's uh, someone who is only going to deal with deal with bigger scandals, okay? Like uh corruption. someone it's only the federal police who is going to go and arrest a, a politician, for instance. So, um since 2014, we are in the middle of uh of a a federal police operation which is called Lava Jato, it is, um like car wash, okay? It's like the car wash operation. <laughs> something like that. That Um, sounds like uh, quite a program. (laughs) Yeah, and it is focused on getting, uh, on fighting corruption and looking and arresting people that are actively corrupting the the governmental system. Okay,
0: how did that get about? Like, how do you kickstart a a movement like this if the government? My impression is that the Brazilian government is quite corrupted. So how do you yes. even enable something like that without it being shut um, down by the people in the government that are corrupt? So
2: what happened was that um, uh, a judge from uh, a city, uh, quite a big city here in Brazil, Curitiba, he said that pretty much, okay, I want to do this and I'm going to do this. We are going to to, to go, go ahead and, and arrest these corrupt politicians. And as... Um, then there's a little bit of law, like if you weren't the judge of a, a city here, you can pretty much say that the federal police has to obey you unless someone higher up than you says otherwise. OK, so when he kickstarted the, the Lava Jato operation, uh, the media went on a frenzy and everyone thought that, OK, if someone says, OK, now you, you have to stop this. It means that this person is corrupt and is hiding something and is afraid mm. to do something. Okay. So, so that's basically why, media
0: pressure helped the judicial. Yes. Okay.
2: Yes. Uh, and it is a 40 phase operation. We just entered the 41st uh, phase of the operation today. And almost 100 people has been have been under arrest and are in jail right now and all of them are politicians uh that started seems like an incredibly
0: hopeful (sighs) thing like everyone would be happy and dancing in the streets right now
2: (laughs) yes but it's not quite like that that started Mm. in 2014 in 2015 i'm not sure right now i think yes in 2015 we elected we re-elected our previous president which was Dilma Rousseff we re-elected her and it was literally the middle of the operation. Then in 2016, some big scandal broke out that she was paying, uh, paying out people to keep quiet about corruption. And then we impeached her in 2016. And now we have our new president, which is Michel Temer, which is um, the big problem right now. He is the, the, the big bad from Brazil right now. Uh, so what happens in this operation in Operação Lava Jato? Some uh, the the these judge made some agreements with other with big companies like uh, Odebrecht. Have you ever heard of it? It is a, a construction, a really big construction company they have an agreement with the with this judge that they are going to tell everything they know about Brazilian corruption and they had the same agreement with another big company called JBS which is uh, which is also Brazilian foods the name of the company they sell they sell food and the president of JBS he, he said to the media that he had taped Michel Temer, our president, paying out people to keep quiet, and then he released that tape. It was last it was, week, real. It was Wednesday, and it was real, and it was really him that was talking. He 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 he. It, it, there's no denying that it was Michel Temer saying, "Okay, we gotta pay up these people so that they keep quiet, so that our our schemes are able to keep going." <laughs> And it completely blew up. Uh, he had to make like a, a, an urgent declaration to, to everyone. He he went out in the public and pretty much said everyone was hoping that he was going to step down as president. Because there there is no way and no one can see a way that uh, he could still be a president after that. And he went out in the public and said, you know what, I'm not going to step down. That was not me. Uh I tried to listen to that to that recording but I was uh, they didn't let me and uh it was not me. I didn't do that, I would never do that. Screw you all, pretty much. Hmm. And now um uh the president from JBS which is named Joesley, he he has been threatened. He and his family have been threatened. They are actually oh in New or- New York right now. And he can't come back to Brazil because if he does, things are going to happen. And everyone is, uh, and there is a new impeachment process happening right now to impeach our current president. And if it happens, we will stay, we will have no president, pretty much. We will be a country <laughs> without a president. That, um, yeah, I tried to sum it all up as quickly as possible but it's pretty much that it's 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 a lot more complicated there are a lot more ramifications to what's going to happen what what already happened but it's pretty much that our president is really corrupt he pays out people to to keep quiet so that they can still steal money and oh yeah there's one more thing Um, (laughs) oh my god there's more (laughs) there's yeah there's the drug thing
0: of course uh, there is. It's South America. Of course <laughs>
4: there is a drug thing.
2: Um, there is a drug thing. There is a senator, which is called Aécio Neves. He, he is a very good friend of our president, Michel Temer. A really, really, really good friend. And a couple years ago, they found his helicopter completely stuffed up with cocaine. Okay? Like... Piles and piles and piles of cocaine. Mm-hmm. I think it was so he somewhere around a party. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and he said, okay, this is not mine. I have no idea how that ended, uh, ended up there. I am not going to do anything. And he was not arrested and nothing ever happened to him. Uh, after that that recording of Michel Temer went out, uh, he was mentioned in that recording that that he wanted 200,000 uh, 200, reais, which is around. Um I don't think I, I think somewhere between seventy sixty and seventy thousand dollars. He went he wanted, wanted two hundred thousand reais to, to keep quiet and so and some security that he wouldn't ever be arrested for that cocaine. And that blew up at the same time as the, the, the Michelle Temer paying out everyone. That's wow. pretty much what's happening right now. Uh, it's chaotic. There are happening many riots. I, I'm going to look for. Um, there are some pictures actually from riots that happened yesterday and on Wednesday, where people sent set the uh, set the feud between the, the 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 presidential house and the street on fire. It's uh, things are getting pretty rough. Mm. So. That's
0: terrible. Yeah, it sounds it sounds pretty bad. Um, okay, so you There's, know, it's funny. I, I think because we've had so much, we heard a little bit about it, but of course, not as much in detail. I'm curious if uh, you guys in the U.S. heard about that as well.
3: Yeah, I've I, I read a little bit. Of it like the the Wall Street Journal is usually pretty good, but I, I got to say, I was I know a little bit, but not not nearly as much as what. Uh, Guy just told us uh, i'd also like to hear about what what uh how is it, what's, what is what's going on in venezuela affecting brazil at all
2: um not much actually okay. not yeah. much because um venezuela is not oh is not really uh how can i say it? it's not really uh they they're not part of the same south American group as we are. So America, they, like
1: mm-hmm.
2: yes, yeah, medical So yeah, exactly. their their politics don't affect us directly. Okay. okay.
0: All right. Um, well, Tony has dropped off. He's gonna try and come back in just a second. But I think you have to go, Guy. So yes, I don't want to.
2: It's my you time.
0: Uh, no thank problem. You, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I know your podcast yeah, as well, so. Um, thank you very much time. for the invitation. You. <laughs> no, uh, do, do you, you want to let people know where they can get uh, some of your content? I'm going to put the links to the, to the uh, show um, notes uh, to your Twitter account follow. in the show notes. But
2: sure, you can follow me on Twitter at Sleipnir And I, I myself have a podcast. It is in Portuguese and it is about depression and how to face it. Mm. I haven't recorded an episode in forever, pretty much, but. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll send Patrick the links And you sure. can put it in the show notes All right, so that's pretty much it And all right, thank you for cool. the invitation <laughs> Thank you
0: very much for being with us And good luck on your you, long day ahead
2: Thank you all Bye bye
0: <laughs> Bye Guy All right uh, Tony you're back I believe so yes. Can you hear me yeah. okay Yep Perfectly yep. Awesome <whistles> Um, All right. So I think we're just going to finish off on the healthcare thing. And then I'm also going to ask you guys, you know, what made the news for you, but I'm pretty sure we covered it already. Um, But so on on the healthcare thing, um, you know, there's this, you were saying, Tony, that you don't want people who make bad decisions for themselves to, uh, you know, uh, uh, get money that they don't deserve, kind of, because they made their own bad decisions, Um, and get the very expensive healthcare. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I don't know how to put it because that's, that's, you know, you're saying that if you make the bad decision, it feels bad that we have to pay for your poor judgment is what you're saying, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. That, it does feel bad. And, and like I said, I, I do struggle with this because I do feel compassion. It's not that I'm just this heartless person. It's like, no, it's my money. You can't have it. But, um, I think that's there's there's a bit of unfairness there to me that um you know a productive healthy individual is paying into this system a you know, someone that isn't healthy and maybe not productive is not and they're you know, they're getting the same stuff. That to me there's a level of that feels bad man there.
0: I think, you know, that that idea of fairness, I think everyone gets, you know, it's not like in in countries that have socialized medicine, we're like, oh, yeah, no problem at all. It's fine. You you smoked crack all your life and you're, you know, you've turned down every job that was ever offered to you. And that's fine. I think, you know, there's context where we understand that probably a lot of the people that end up uh, being drug addicts end up being drug addicts for a number of reasons that aren't just I don't care about anything and I'm going to smoke drugs, you know, I'm going to smoke crack. There's social context and maybe medical issues and a number of things. But we also understand that. But then the, the, the sentiment of, of fairness isn't completely foreign to us as well. But I would argue you could, in theory, make it for police as well. You know, you could say if you don't—I don't, I, I don't know—but like you could say if you don't pay for police, we're not going to get to your neighborhood. Like when you call for nine one one, I understand it's a—it's a—it doesn't work perfectly, but if you call nine one one, we're not going to go to your place because you didn't pay for the police. We could argue yes, everyone can do what they want, and someone's going to say, I'm going to get a shotgun and defend my own home, so I don't have to pay those extra, you know, 100 bucks a month for... Hell yeah. Th- those... no. <laughs> no, but, I, you know, I, I understand the, the logic... No. On a fundamental level, kidding. I understand the logical uh, uh, path there. But you also understand that it still means the system would degrade. And what... uh is difficult for me to wrap my head around is it's the same for uh, uh, healthcare. If, if not everyone is participating, the system does degrade as it is degraded in the U S and yes, you might have to pay for some people who maybe quote unquote, don't deserve it. I think a lot of people will deserve it. And they're just people who happen to be, uh, you know, happen to get i keep going to the idea of cancer because it's the one you know illness that no one has any control over not the one but it's probably the the biggest one the one that resonates with the most people and and some people might be the the horrible you know uh uh, crackheads that we all hate i'm speaking in jest here uh but and most people are going to be regular people that just happen to fall ill or to have an accident in the street or, you know, all of these. And so in order for the system to work and not degrade, it's still everyone has to play the game, right? So I wonder, Tony, if that, um, you know, if that speaks to you or if if you're still iffy on the idea.
1: Well, Patrick, the last thing I want you to do is think you changed my mind because I would hate (laughs) for you to think that you have that kind of effect on me. But honestly... As far as the left like talking points, the left side's talking points, healthcare is probably the one that I come the closest to them on. I, okay. you know, my son has a my oldest son has a pre-existing condition, so I understand what people, I understand what they're talking about. So, of all of the issues, that's probably the one that I'm the you know the closest mm-hmm. to them on. Like, yeah, let's just do it. I, I want a good system that's not going to fall apart. That's I want you know the doctors to still get. The compensation that's going to make the smartest, most brilliant people want to be doctors and things like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close to that.
0: You know, it's funny because every time I talk about healthcare with most people, uh, even people, that I'm surprised I get into these kinds of conversation. And most of the time, ultimately, when we get to the bottom of it, most people kind of agree. They're like, "Yeah, okay, you know, I'm not, I'm not married to that. I'm not super anti-healthcare. It's not like a." a, a a philosophical difference that is completely irre- irreconcilia- irreconcilable reconcilable that reconcilable. word that yeah <laughs> um and and yet i think what trump was selling before he was elected was a better uh health system and it really doesn't seem to be what's in the bill that congress voted um but so I, I wonder if because most people who voted for him are the people who are affected by a bad health care system. And it seems like the one that they're working towards in Congress is one that benefits mostly people who are who can afford to pay for health care and, and not the ones that actually need it. So I don't understand how that the, the well, logic Obamacare
3: was not some great plan that did everything for everybody. I mean, that's, you know, it, it's going broke, you know, insurers, yeah. you know, insurance companies are leaving States. I, I'm not I think disputing Texas that. He's got like one insurer left. You I, know? I'm not so.
0: disputing it. I think, and I would argue that many of the full fallings of Obamacare were because he didn't manage to go far enough. He managed to pass something that wasn't the ideal one he wanted um, because of the arguments in, in Congress. But, yeah. Ultimately, you know, I think it seems to me like a lot of people either are yeah. for healthcare or now starting to think, well, yeah, it's whatever. It's just not that it. easy.
4: It's
3: just not that easy, Patrick. It's It's a very complicated subject full of nuance. And it's just
4: as, as most you gotta are, go,
3: but yeah, it is, it is, and it's it's like it's just one of those things. Like, well, if you're going to do that, then well, hey, let's talk about tort reform. We need to address that too. Uh, I don't know what happens in France, but here the trial lawyer association keeps that going, so you can sue everybody, you know. And it's just yeah, but healthcare is, is basically
0: it. healthcare is one of those things that is on the fundamental level, and everyone, you know. I understand that you're Americans and that you don't care about what any of the world thinks, but everyone agrees, you know? No, of course, (laughs) I know it's not true, but doesn't it phase you that everyone else agrees? Everyone is like, our systems aren't perfect, they're better than yours,
3: right? I look at it from the point of view as this, that you got to be here and you got to see how it works before you can really start. And it's just, like I said, it's very complicated. There's like so no, many that's issues. A cop it's out, 20% of the, it's that's a really cop-out, out. It's not really a cop-out, Brian. Saying it's complicated. You want to distill it down to like, you like it or you don't. Yes or no. And it, that you can't do that.
0: It's just not possible. Is know? it possible on, I think it's possible on many topics. And you would tell me that it's possible on many topics. I'm not, you know. Depends. Okay, without going into the specifics would you be for a system where everyone has to pay?
3: It would depend on what. It would depend on how 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 it's been, who's administering, how they're going to go through the states. Is the federal government in charge? Well, uh, you know, it's it goes through a lot of it's. A, there's a like I said, it, it depends on how you put it together. And it depends on how okay. it gets put together and right. how it's going to be run and how it's going to, you know, you know. Okay,
0: okay, all right. It's complicated. Uh, I'm just saying. It's on, like, on this, you no, I understand. Say it's one, on this one, one I, I think on it's on off,
3: and it's just not how it works. You know, it's never going to be how it works. You know, when you look gonna, at
0: systems in other countries for healthcare, right. we're not talking talking about morality here you know we're not talking about is it okay to uh end a pregnancy we're not talking although that plays into it as well in other ways but we're not talking about is it okay to take a life if someone has committed a heinous crime we're not talking about choices that are incredibly morally difficult we're talking about looking in other countries does the system administratively uh, systematically Does it work better or not? And in every country except the U.S., there are systems where medicine is somewhat socialized that work better and cost less than what you have in the U.S. Do you really think that that it's complicated? It's complicated, and we have fifty states. Is means you can't implement something that is somewhat similar that would work for you guys?
3: No. What I'm saying is that. it's going to be it's very difficult to implement something with 50 states involved that they can all agree on you know and that's how that's how it how it is
0: the the core know. question there is the way i understand it is can and the, the the only one that really matters is do we want everyone to be forced to pay something that's the core one and and again the way i understand it is the one that people are the most divided on and if you don't agree that everyone should pay, then the system breaks down, right? After that, you can implement some form of it. But if you right. don't agree on that basis, the system breaks down. And that's why I keep coming back to that question. But <laughs> I don't see how it can be... I mean, I understand it's complicated, but I don't think it's... It's complicated in how you implement it. It's not complicated in whether or not you implement it. Is it. Does that make sense? <laughs>
3: I just, you know, like I said, Obamacare got as, you know, as it got passed, you know, with a super majority in the House, you know, super majority in the Senate. And it was still, you know, lacking. And because not everyone's paying.
0: Side. Because you can decide whether or not you pay.
3: Well, yeah, that that's part. Well, and that's the whole, that's part of it, too. I mean, that's, they opened up the insurance pools. And then, like you, like you said, people didn't. Well, they kind of had to pay, but it, they could choose between a fine or paying yeah, exactly. for insurance. And in a lot of cases, the fine was cheaper than paying for the insurance. <laughs> yeah, so and people decided cost, not to pay, yeah. yeah, and the insurance costs went up, you
0: know. do not it, everyone, but, yeah, because not everyone was paying.
3: Yeah, but, yeah, you know. I mean, it's hard. again I'll, – I'll tell you what. I, I have hmm. a small business, and I remember before Obamacare, I offered – you know, I would offer these. Uh, these actually reasonably priced – health insurance for my employees and most of my employees were under 30 and you know, guys in their under 30 and I'd get maybe two or three, like out of 50 guys, like two or three would choose to do it to to buy insurance. And like I said, a a reasonably priced now that reasonable price is gone. I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot Mm. more expensive. It's going to be a bit more expensive for them, for someone in that position, someone that's in their twenties, you know, I am healthy, you know, and all that stuff, you know,
0: but you understand that (laughs) in the other countries, Healthcare per person is significantly lower. Oh, I do. No, no. I, right? Yeah, no. no. I agree. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Oh. Well, <laughs> I, at least I, I made some headway with with Tony, and we sort of got to right. almost an agreement. I think Brian is a lost cause. I'm not gonna. I'm no, no, that was <laughs> not you. <laughs> actually, I, I'm, I'm in you. Actually, I'm well, sorry, the VA, Tony. So, yeah, let no. let set let set the record straight. It wasn't me. <laughs> you were already kind of on on the on the fence, right? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. You know, on this topic, it's my I think it's my it's my uh uh how do you call it? Like in French you say Cheval de bataille, like the one issue I would go to war on almost. Um right. So I'll you're take what the, I can get. Tony, if you're I reveal that hitting us with it at five you, in the morning,
3: Patrick. You know, come on. Sorry, Brian? <laughs> it's, it, you're hitting it, hitting us with it at five in the morning. You want to talk about healthcare? <laughs>
0: like, oh, man. That's true. It's, it come is on. very early for you. And uh, and I think I, I really want to thank both of you. Uh, it's not as early for you, Tony, so you'd get less of a pass. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we did end up closer than I did with I Brian thought we were going to
3: talk more about Trump, to be honest. That's what I was expecting, you know. Yeah, well... I it really kind of is like to pop up. <laughs>
0: um, I, I guess you guys have to go. Uh, anything else you want to uh, cover very quickly before we end the show? Or Are we good?
1: I, I would. I'd be interested just really quickly to talk about the Gianforte thing. Um, I'm sure you guys have heard of the politician from Montana that assaulted the reporter, and he won. <laughs> he still won his election.
0: Oh, he and, did. I didn't realize. Was it yesterday?
1: it was yesterday yeah. and he won and so let uh, me explain
0: very quickly for people who might yeah, have not please. heard of it uh basically it was a um uh, an election is it uh senatorial or congressional
1: i think it's for the
0: house for the house okay yeah. so congress and uh he was having a discussion with a, a journalist that was being a little bit forceful or at least you know asking questions and wanting to get an answer And he body slammed the guy. I'm joking. It's not funny at all. He physically restrained the guy and threw him away. And, of course, there was the recording that was, um, that was the recording audio that was showing this or we could hear it, what was happening. And it doesn't sound good for Gianforte at all. And there was a
3: Fox News crew setting up for an interview in the room at the time. Yeah, Yeah, they saw the whole thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So he won, Tony? So he did
1: win. And I, I don't like that i i think it really shows that our you know the american people are seeing elections at this point of a lesser of two evils nearly every time you know there are certain situations where it's not that case but and at i think we or you know the the government the senate the house need to stand up and say we're not going to seat people you know, that are convicted of a felon. Now, of course, he wasn't convicted. this It's a not apples-to-apples apples comparison, but we're getting to the point where both Republicans and Democrats, they'll just overlook the worst kind of behaviors just to get their guy into office, and it kind of makes me sick. I'm not saying… I don't know anything about the race. I don't know if the other guy was a complete lunatic or what, but I think you could say that this guy might be a complete lunatic since he's body slamming reporters. I mean, that's not okay. <laughs> um, but it just, I really put a bad taste in my mouth and this guy's supposed to be my guy as Republican, but I, I did not like it. So that's, that's what I wanted to say about right. that.
0: I think there's a lot to be said about the party itself, uh, possibly in the democratic party as well, but now the, the, the the, uh, Republicans are under the limelight. And I think you're saying, you know, Congress or Senate shouldn't stand for this. I think it's the party's job. And the interesting thing is that with lesser intensity, in France, we've had the same issue. Um, It's not... (laughs) You guys in America do everything bigger. So for you guys, it's body slamming reporters. Uh, For us, it was corruption issues. And I think the big message that we got thanks to our uh, multi-party system was that we got a guy in who was sending the message as we said um, we don't want the old parties anymore you need to rethink what you're doing basically it was a message saying go to your room and think about what you've done for the past 50 years and one of those issues was, was corruption I think in the US one of those issues would be extreme Partisanship um, for us as, as well. You know, we were tired of people saying one of the things Macron is saying is we need to work together. Doesn't matter if you're left or right. When there's a good idea, even if it comes from the other side, you should be able to rally around it. And that was a very powerful message that Macron was carrying. Um, and and it's a shame that in the U.S. you don't have the ability to. With your two-party system, you don't have the ability to truly uh, uh, make that work. Um, And and I would add that with the two-party system, that's something I was thinking about earlier. The problem is you really only have two options. And you can't imagine that anyone is out of two options on everything. Anyone is going to be right all the time and that's the proposition that you guys in the US are given you're giving a proposition of parties saying there's only two parties and the other one is always wrong that's just like n- impossible you can't be right all the time or wrong all the time right and it it frustrates me very much it did in in France and it does in the US even more that you have this this uh uh ingrained feeling that the guys on the other side are always wrong no matter what they do and even on this show you know even with everything i try to to do to bring people together and to talk it feels sometimes like this even here so i mean i expanded a little bit on what you were saying Tony, but uh, um yeah brian what no, did I you agree. think about yeah it's
1: nope. going to take a systemic change to change... I mean, mm. it's, it would take a massive overhaul to change the two-party system, of course.
0: Mm. And, and you know the, yeah, the... I don't
1: see that happening.
0: <laughs> and the worst thing is that Trump could have done that. He could have, you know, if he wasn't... If he was someone more intelligent or crafty or well-intentioned, maybe, I don't know what, but he could have done that. He could have done something. And it seems the most... The biggest disappointment, I think, for Trump is that he feels like he's just a republican. You know, just if you if you don't if you take away the negative connotation to that, in the end he's in power and he's a republican just like every other republican. Yes, more colorful, more clumsy, more quirky, but he's not looking <laughs> to change the system, right? I mean, sorry. That's I, very but, tough,
3: you know. It's
0: like well, steering a
3: super tanker, you know, it's so. I mean he is more of a disruptor than I think, you know, any other candidate's been in a long time, you know.
0: Is he beyond his his uh, theatrics on Twitter? Is he? It doesn't seem yeah, like, I, you know, I, he's, I, get,
3: he's... I get that to a point. I mean, it's like it's funny cuz I, I you know he comes into office he was talking all this stuff on the foreign policy, you know, we don't need NATO and all this and then it's like, well, he's walked back about 90% of that. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, and I mean, the, the healthcare thing it's is like His not... More policy stuff is actually getting much more on the reasonable side. You're kind of like, oh, okay, he's, <laughs> he's not blowing things up, you know. So it's like, oh, okay,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, but you know, he's also not obviously he's not doing the world, but that's again theatrics. He's not draining the swamp. I think is the most right. frustrating thing. He's putting, he didn't talk. about... Oh, okay, he's putting his family. In the White House, with I mean that if it it should bother people, and I it only bothers the problem is it to me it only bothers the the opposition. It should bother everyone. He's not drawn drawn uh, drawing, drawing in the swamp at all. That Draining, could have man. been something interesting. Drainings. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, um, but yeah, getting back to the to the John Forte, um, any comments, Brian?
3: Um, about what, about, what? about, I'm sorry.
0: You know, Jen for Frente forte being elected, even though he body slammed. Them. Oh
3: yeah. That guy. Is yeah. It? I, I just, <laughs> I, th- you know, I, I don't think it was him winning is not, not a good thing. You know, it's just right. kind of like, you know, it's, I think he should have lost, you know, to be honest, you yeah. know, and, and if it had happened like a week before election, he probably would have lost, yeah. you know, but, uh, they had a lot I mean, of, Montana, uh, they're they're balloting there so that's you know, probably what know one,
0: th- th- one thing does bring me a little bit of, of uh, hope it's that Fox News is apparently losing ratings um, they're down <laughs> a little bit and, and I think bit, it does yeah. I think it does show that even the Republic of course you're going to have the 20% on the left and on the right and it's the same in France it's the same everywhere who right. are never going to change their opinions on anything um, but I think it it shows that the Republican base is thinking, "All right, that's too much." You know, that's that's not like actively uh, politically shaking their fist in the air, but going like, mm-hmm. uh, "All right, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in that crap anymore."
3: Well, you also got to factor in they, they lost Bill O'Reilly, you know, for the, for the day. stuff, and then Megyn Kelly had left. Like at the beginning of the year or whatever, or late last year, and those are their two big stars. So, yeah. and then it looks like uh, Hannity, who I don't care for. I don't. I don't really care for Hannity at all. Uh, he's having troubles now because he's he's pushing some DNC staffers murder as a, some kind of conspiracy theory. Yeah, you know, thing.
0: The, the Donald just, on, on Reddit is also very upset about this, saying it's some kind of. Conspiracy to yeah we
3: yeah some kind right of yeah. yeah it seems like it's going it's more along the lines of the pizza place child porn thing uh-huh. you know <laughs> it's just like, yeah what? and Hannity what? is
0: I mean yeah <laughs> anyway Hannity is special um that's, yeah, yeah and, that's <laughs> okay I think uh, you know I I even would like to ask about the infowars aberration thing but I maybe we don't have time maybe that would be for another day. Um yeah, I probably do need to head out. Okay. All quick. right. It, it's been it's been a, a a good show already. Let's let's end on the note that maybe people are coming back down to earth on, on the partisanship or maybe one day. Yeah, um, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't really you know, looking at France, I'm thinking maybe there is really the two party system is we need an independent that stands a chance. And I think With the disappointment that uh, people are having in the system, you know, even with Trump not blowing everything up, I think it's fair to say, I think there's a chance for an independent to actually do something in four years. And by the way, I predict that Trump is not going to run in four years again. I think the GOP is not going to let him. I understand they can't, you know, force him to drop out, they can do a primary, but I think he they're they're gonna if he runs again i think they're gonna present someone you know do the oh it's cool we're gonna have primary we have to decide again and my inclin inkling is that he's actually gonna say i was the you know i was the best president i've you've never seen a president like me but now i have a business to run and he's gonna go and he's not gonna um run it's again.
3: possible i think it depends on also, the economy like i told you i yeah I think it, it's 100% on how the economy is
0: going. You know, you know what? If the economy is going super well, everything will be fixed. Everyone will be happy. And I'll even be happy to uh, to, to have Trump again. If he manages to uh, – to, because if you guys do well, I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing well as well. So I'll be happy. Right. Um, all right. Thank you so much to both of you for being on um as always, can you tell me where we can find you on the internet if at all tony sure uh
1: you can find me on twitter at tony Staley and that's pretty much the only place I am
0: excellent. I will have the uh Twitter account in the show notes of course Brian, what about you?
3: uh you can find me on twitter at b hess b h uh, e s s and um I would say if you're if you're interested, uh, read the uh, articles in the Wall Street Journal about Venezuela. Mary O'Grady has uh, written some really good columns about that lately. So it's very interesting.
0: There you go. The, the I think that's your favorite publication. <laughs> you always refer it to is, it. Is it
3: is? It's among them. Among them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, uh, my uh, Twitter account is not Patrick. I'm also not Patrick on Facebook. If you want to follow me there, uh, you can find the show notes at frenchspin.com. And you can, of course, uh, comment over there uh, if you wish to. Um, there's also iTunes, of course, or any other podcast catalog. If you can go there and leave us a review and a few stars. You could be like uh, Slappy Al from the UK who says, a great solution to echo chambers. In the age, in this age of echo chambers, this podcast allows you to hear a balanced view on the world's current events. Much needed in these day and age, if you ask me. Keep it up, guys! Thank you so much. And uh, if you uh, also think that you should, um, that people should listen to the show, one of the ways uh, to let people know is through iTunes. You can, of course, refer people to uh, the show by social network and all of that. I'm sure uh, you know the ways. And of course, you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash uh, the Phileas no, Club. The, the address is in the show notes and everywhere. It takes about a, a minute and a half to sign up and um, contribute. I, of course, uh, uh, can't thank the patrons enough. For their support this is what keeps the show going and if you think that these kinds of things should be supported if you think that this uh, show is worth something to you then uh, you you might consider dropping the price of a cup of coffee uh, on the show for each episode that would be immensely appreciated it is at patreon.com slash the Phileas club thanks to all the patrons thank you for listening and we'll talk to you in the next one Oh, and of course, before I forget, uh, Turkey's summary of the uh, trip, of the Trump trip in the Middle East, is coming right after this.
4: Hello, everyone on the Felix Club. And hi, Patrick. Uh, Sorry I couldn't join you today live, but uh, as to Patrick's uh, request, this is a quick update from Saudi Arabia. Uh, uh, In the news recently, apparently, Trump has decided to make his first foreign trip to Saudi Arabia. And uh, the Saudi government has taken full advantage of this. Um, We had, uh, the Saudi government, of course, has decided to have three summits in Saudi Arabia. Uh, The first one was the Saudi U.S. Summit. Second was the GCC, uh, Gulf Cooperation Council uh, U.S. Summit, and the Arab Islamic U.S. Summit. Um, Saudi Arabia invited over 50 world leaders from the Islamic and Arab world to attend this uh, summit, and uh, the entire uh, country has been in celebration and anticipation of this. Uh, there were multiple events uh, to celebrate this visit. Uh, Saudi Arabia uh, has, uh, especially the entertainment authorities, have we had some local concerts uh, with uh, some uh, American musicians. There were some uh, American uh, sports teams and so on that were participating and competing against local teams um, and so on. Uh, Of course Ivanka was here and uh, Milena and they've been visiting around and meeting with different people. We had also the a, tweet, a Twitter event where Trump was supposed to be speaking in. Uh, apparently, at the last minute, he decided not to, uh, as he was tired, apparently. Uh, so I think that's basically general news. Uh, I think what's major about this is that Saudi Arabia has taken full advantage of this, uh, to show itself as representing the entire Islamic and Arab world uh, and its relationship with the U.S. Uh, he, it is the first country Trump visits. Uh, it's also where he met with a majority of the Islamic and Arab countries under the sponsorship of the Saudi government. Um, he He also has shown support to the Saudi government against Iran as declaring Iran uh, a vessel of terrorism, and so on. Uh, Now, within Saudi, the population apparently has celebrated this in general. Uh, Of course, there's always exceptions. Uh, And the celebration was mostly uh, meant because of the support we've received from Trump against Iran. Of course, there is a very anti-Iranian sentiment in Saudi. Uh, It's basically a sentiment that uh, resides in a lot of countries around the world, where Sunnis and Shias, there's a a little uh, or some even more than little uh, dislike between these two sects. Uh, So this was celebrated in Saudi media and by the Saudi population as a success for Saudi Arabia the government of Saudi Arabia. Um, Of course, there were multiple uh, economical deals. There were over, I think, 400 billion U.S. dollars worth of deals signed. 110 billion of those, I believe, were in uh, Saudi buying uh, weapons from the U.S. and uh, other projects, uh, business deals and economic projects between the two countries. Now, uh, for those, we'll have to wait and see uh, the results of those uh, agreements, but other than that uh, I think the biggest news was uh, Ivanka apparently was very popular on Twitter and saudi twitter uh, uh, what else um, uh, the most funny part of this entire event was uh, that uh, uh, foreign uh, the u s uh, press corps making a big fuss about finding international restaurants in Riyadh City, which is apparently, I guess, uh, a lot of them thought Riyadh was basically a desert of camels, Uh, not a a metropolitan area like any other metropolitan area in the world, basically. Um, Other than that, uh, we had uh, cultural events uh, to celebrate this visit, I believe we had a country musician, for artists from the U.S., like Tony Keith or something. I really, sorry, um, no offense, but I don't know any musicians, period. I'm not really a music person. And he had a concert with a local musician. So we had country, U.S. country mu- music with the local Saudi music and they're celebrating together. That was an event. Uh, another event, there was a... a Think uh, basketball uh, between U.S. team and a ULO local team. There were some uh, car racings between a U.S. team and a local team, and multiple other events to celebrate the cultural relationships between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia. Um, as I said, uh, the reaction has been mostly positive in Saudi. There was uh, some hate from mostly from outside Saudi, uh, those who from other Arab countries or some Islamic countries, either because of uh, the attack that Trump and the U.S. government had on Iran. So those were be supporters of Iran. Uh, there were others who thought that that uh, the money, the agreement, especially the one on weapons, that the Saudi and U.S. governments have signed. Uh, was mismanagement of Islamic and Arab wealth and that those, that money should have been spent on supporting other Arab and Islamic countries. Uh, so you have all of these type of people. Uh, there were some voices from inside Saudi that opposed this uh, on different levels of different reasons, but they were very low voices compared to what you would expect. And I think the major reason is the anti-Iranian sentiment has helped uh, to dull those voices a lot in Saudi. So that's a quick update in Trump's trip to Saudi Arabia. I hope that's helpful, and I hope I can be on the next Police Club Live, and uh, we can... Have a more uh, active discussion on this matter. Uh, Thanks, Patrick, and see you all later. Bye.